0: We're in a study of the Gospel of Mark, and we're looking at some good news. And so we're going to go on a good news journey again today. Mark starts out, and he says, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're going to make a lot of stops on the journey today. So you need to pack your bags, no bathroom stops, no sonic stops, we're, we're rocking and rolling today. But here's what I want to do today, I want to zoom out because I think we need to see the big picture. I, I like being involved in the text and I'd rather just stay in some things, but we need to zoom out because you need to see some things. Bruce told me a fantastic illustration, I think at Winterfest last week, who went to Winterfest? Wow, we had about 50 people go to Winterfest. And was there a selfie stick illustration? Yes. Okay, so I have their attention for a couple of minutes. We live in a selfie stick world. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, people like to post selfies all the time. Selfie, 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 selfie. And the thing about selfie pictures is all you see is that person's self. And we need to zoom out sometimes. Selfie sticks, which it wouldn't be a selfie stick, need to be a whole lot longer so that we can see the bigger picture. And that's what I want to do today is I want to zoom out because I want you to see the bigger picture. Mark wants us to see the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is that Jesus Christ is the son of God, and not everybody gets that. So, let me illustrate. We're going to take some stops. So here's our good news journey. You remember in chapter 1, Jesus healed various diseases. And people thought, wow, that's cool. This is a miracle worker. And there's a lot of people who just want Jesus to do things for them. And they don't know who Jesus is. You see, Mark wants us to know it's not what Jesus is doing necessarily. It's who Jesus is. But if you're the one who's getting healed, you're thinking, well, that's all I want. And so they brought lots of people and lots of people and lots of people. And you do know, if you pray today for someone to be healed and they weren't and they're not, not everybody was healed in Jesus' day. Because that wasn't His mission. That wasn't His main purpose. In fact, this points to a bigger picture. So we're going to be on this big picture journey and then we're going to take a big picture exit. And so the big picture is not that He's healing various people and various diseases. The big picture is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And we go to another stop and He heals leprosy. And if you've ever been sick and you've ever been in the fetal position and you pray, Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, all you want is the Lord to heal you. And if you're not healed, you might get a little frustrated with Jesus. And you might get a little frustrated with God because He heals everybody else. It appears He's healing everybody else. Why is He not healing me? Because the big picture is not necessarily what Jesus is doing, it's who Jesus is. We go to another journey and Jesus heals a paralytic. You remember, this guy had some friends and they go up and they cut a hole in the roof and tear a hole in the roof and they lower the guy down. And Jesus, the first thing Jesus does is he gives us a big picture zoom out deal. You see, the first thing he does is he forgives this guy's sins And if you're the ones lowering him down, you're thinking, yeah, we're not real concerned about the sins. Can you just heal our friend who's a paralytic? And Jesus said, he gives us a sign. He gives us a big picture uh, idea here. He says, so that you may know that I have authority on earth to forgive sins. That's the big picture. It's who he is. So that you can know who I am, I'll heal the guy. We go to another stop. And Jesus tells, him, tells us, tells everybody, He's Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is bigger than Sunday. Jesus is bigger than the Sabbath. Jesus is bigger than any day of the week. We want to worship the days of the week, or we want to make days of the week special. And Jesus said, zoom out a little bit here. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. We go to chapter 3, verse 11. And the demons, the evil spirits, they get the big picture. In the Gospel of Mark, the demons know who He is. The demons know and they declare, You're the Son of God. What are you going to do with us, Son of God? They get the big picture. And here's all these disciples that are following and they're like, What are you guys talking about? Big picture, in chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus calms the storm and the wind and the waves. And then if, if you're in the boat, and if you're in a situation where you think you're going to die, have you ever been in a situation, you're driving down the road and for a split second, there's a, a car wreck in front of you and there's a, there's a split second, I'm, I'm going to die. Oh Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. If you ever been in the boat, if you've ever been in the middle of the storm, all you want is Jesus to heal. All you want is Jesus to save All you want is for the storm to go away. And Mark says, listen, you're going to have storms in your life. And you may not make it through some of those storms real well. But there's a bigger picture. Zoom out a little bit. There's a bigger picture. And the bigger picture is Jesus calms the wind and the waves because of who He is. It's not what He's doing. It's who He is. That's the good news in Mark. In chapter 5, verse 7, again, the demons proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. They know. They get it. They understand. But the disciples don't. And so in chapter 5, verse 29, you remember we looked at the woman who has an issue of blood for, for 12 years. And she says, you know, if I can just touch the hem of his garment." I mean, even she's coming just to be healed. And Jesus looks around and He says, Hey, I want to know who touched the hem of my garment. And then He says, Daughter, which probably meant something to her. Because for 12 years she's been isolated, rejected. She, she's not one who's been in, in the midst of society. And Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. And while Jesus says that, I can't help but think the big picture is He sure like His disciples to have faith in Him. And we make another stop, and Jesus raises a girl from the dead. You remember Jairus' daughter? This was the same context. Jairus' daughter, who's 12 years old, she's fixing to die. And he thinks Jesus can only heal someone who's alive. And he gets so much more. He gets so much more because Jesus raises his daughter from the dead. And if you're Jairus, you're thinking, Hey, thanks for taking care of my immediate need. And Jesus is thinking, there's a bigger picture here. I can raise people from the dead because of who I am. It's not necessarily what I do. I want you to understand who I am. We keep stopping and Jesus feeds 5,000 people. You remember there's 5,000 people and the disciples say, Hey, you know, what, what are we going to do? And so there's a situation here. And if you're following Jesus, you're thinking, This guy's not just a miracle worker. I mean, he's a, he's a walking restaurant. He's a He's a buffet. I mean, I can come to Jesus and get fed, every, literally, physically fed, every meal. I'm just going to follow Jesus around. Because He'll give me food and give me food and give me food and give me food. Now, if that doesn't mean anything to you, we all get to go and leave here and go eat food. Come to the church building on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when people knock on the door and say, hey, can I get some money for food? We just need some money for food. We just need some money for food. And there's a bigger picture. While Jesus does want to meet our needs and He does meet our needs, there's a bigger picture than Jesus just feeding people. And then Jesus walks on water. You remember He puts them in the boat and He goes up on the mountainside and He He comes out and He walks on water. There's a bigger picture than Jesus walking on water and getting in the boat and calming the storm. In fact, Jesus says, "Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid." He climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Here it is. Here it is. Because they didn't get the big picture. They had not understood about the loaves. He just calms the storm and they're like, yeah, what's the whole loaves deal? I mean, they're still back feeding the 5,000. They're amazed at what he's done. They're amazed at what he's done. I'm not sure at this point they're amazed at who he is. And again, Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, let me tell you some good news. You need some good news today? The good news is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He doesn't say the good news is, hey, let me tell you all the stuff Jesus is going to do. Jesus is giving us object lessons. He's giving the disciples object lessons so that they understand and we understand not what He can do. It's who He is. And they don't get it. They don't get it. In fact... I like some other translations. They didn't understand what he had done at the supper. They were oblivious and indifferent to his amazing works. Even that miracle had not opened their eyes as to who Jesus was. I love reading other translations. Even this miracle didn't open their eyes as to who he was. They're just thinking, oh, we're safe. The boat's calm. No more storm. The winds calm. You do realize Jesus put them in a boat. They were being obedient to Jesus. And in the midst of being obedient to Jesus, they were in a storm. Sometimes being obedient to Jesus will put you in a storm. And we just want to be mad because we're in a storm. But there's more. We keep going on the journey Jesus talks about clean and unclean. And you're like, why are we stopping on this journey? Well, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they're going to keep following him around. And they said, hey, Jesus, how come your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat? And you're thinking, wow, they don't get it. They're more concerned with hands than they are with hearts. They're more concerned with the traditions of me. How come your disciples break, is what it says, break the traditions of You know what traditions are. Traditions aren't bad. Traditions aren't good. Traditions are just the way we've always done things. How come your disciples don't do things the way we've always done things? And in the midst of the clean and unclean, we still wrestle with that today. Remember the sermon where I talked about questions I get asked as a sermon series? And one of the questions I get asked most often is, Hey, do do I have to dress up to come to your church? Now, that fits into this text. Because if you're going to approach God, you need to be clean. If you're going to go on a date, you want to clean up. If you're going to be in the presence of someone that you want to somewhat impress, you you at least need to look good. And if you're going to come before God, you at least need to wash your hands. If you're going to come to church, you at least need to dress up. If you're going to come to church, I can't believe you'd wear that. If you're going to come to church, did you see Joe David? His shirt wasn't even tucked in. Get him out of here. I knew I could use you an illustration. But well, listen, listen, listen. That's not funny to some people. But there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture than what Joe David is wearing. There's a bigger picture. And so we keep going on on this journey. And Jesus says, He's going to say four times, in the midst of, why don't you wash your hands? Jesus says, are you so dull? Wow. How come Joe David... Let's just keep picking on you. How come Joe David doesn't tuck in his shirt? Are you so dull? Don't you see? There's a bigger picture here. How come you're not getting it? Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? Jesus says, I'm not worried about hands. I'm worried about hearts. I'm not worried about the outside. I'm worried about the inside. There's a bigger picture here because of who Jesus is. And we keep going on the journey. And in chapter 7, 24, Jesus tosses bread to the dogs. I didn't know any other way to say that. But Jesus is now in Gentile territory. Jesus is in unclean territory. He's in and out of unclean territory. You remember early on, He lands at a cemetery in unclean territory. And He deals with pigs that are unclean. He deals with Gentiles who are unclean. So there's a lot of unclean issues here. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. And he entered a house and didn't want anyone to know. A woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. And she said, wait, let me tell you how bad she was. She was a Greek, strike one. She's born in, Sy- in Syrian Phoenicia, strike two. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus says, first let the children eat all they want. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Did, did Jesus just call her a dog? I mean, Jesus wouldn't be that rude. Surely Jesus is... That's not what He meant. But you know what? The woman's persistent. She doesn't give up. She doesn't care if it's strike one, strike two, strike three. She just wants her daughter... To be healed. And she keeps coming back and says, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. I know I'm a Gentile woman. I know I'm unclean. I know you've probably got a mission. I know I'm probably not on your agenda. Can you just throw me some scraps? And Jesus says to her, Wow, you've got great faith. We keep going on the journey. Jesus heals a man who's deaf and he can't talk. And so you're thinking, wow, how come Jesus? I pray to Jesus all the time and the people I pray for aren't healed? And it looks like all the people that are coming to Jesus are getting healed. Now, again, these are object lessons because they can't see and they can't hear and they're bringing people who can't see and can't hear and Jesus is trying to show them the bigger picture saying, zoom out. There's a bigger picture here. And then Jesus feeds 4,000, which is pretty amazing. He's already fed 5,000, and so when 4,000 show up, you're thinking, this should be no big deal for Jesus if you know who Jesus is. And yet they forgot that Jesus fed 5,000, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? I mean, how are we going to handle this situation? And, Jesus, uh, and then the disciples forget bread. I don't know any other way to say it. Here's what's going on. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread. Except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. And Jesus warned them, be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they discussed that with one another and said, you know, why is he getting on to us? I mean, why is he upset? What's this whole yeast deal? Which is a whole other sermon, but they don't get it. They don't understand. Is it because we have no bread? Is that why Jesus is kind of upset with us? And Jesus goes on. He says, why are you talking about no bread? Why are you talking about no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Don't you remember? Do you guys not get it? I mean, pick anything that he's done. The 4,000, the 5,000, the storms, the leprosy, all the miracles he's done. Do you not get it? You need to zoom out a little bit. You're not getting it. You need to get the big picture. The good news is who He is. Not what He's doing. Is Jesus upset because we don't have any bread? No, Jesus isn't upset because we don't have any bread. Jesus is upset because we're not seeing the big picture of who He is. We keep going. And then Jesus heals a blind man. This is an interesting story. In chapter 8, verse 22, they bring a man who's blind, and Jesus spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him and said, Do you see anything? And he said, You know, I, I see people, but they look like trees. I mean, it's almost like Jesus is having an off day because Jesus has to, we have to do a little bit more. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open; His sight was restored and he saw everything. And Jesus sent him home. So after Jesus... T- Why do you have to touch him twice? I mean, did he not have enough power? Did these other miracles suck the power out of him and he kind of needed to recharge? You see, this is the object lesson here. The disciples can't see, so Jesus does an object lesson of seeing and sometimes when we encounter Jesus, we have an initial sight and then things get a little fuzzy. Have you ever been there? Maybe when you became a Christian, everything just made perfect sense. Everything I understood, you know, things are clicking. And, and then some things in life happen. Life pokes you in the eye and you're like, you know what, some things are a little fuzzy. I don't see Jesus quite as clearly. And sometimes we all need a second touch. Sometimes we need a third and a fourth, and a fifth, and a tenth, and a twentieth. Jesus is showing them, look, I'm trying to get you to see me clearly. Things are fuzzy with you. You need to zoom out and see the big picture. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take an exit. Jesus is going to stop all the object lessons. He just needs to know. Are they getting it? Is it clicking? Do they see the big picture? Do they know who I am? Or are they so wrapped up in the minutia of doing whatever it is they think they need to be doing, they don't even know who I am. So here's the big picture. We're zooming out. Jesus wants to know. Jesus and His disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi and He said, look, I I just need to know. Need to know where we are. I had a lot of object lessons here. I just kind of want to know if you're getting it. I mean, I'm doing these object lessons because I'm wanting you to get it. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others, one of the prophets. Jesus said, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. And if you check Matthew's account, you're the Son of God. And I can't help but think. I can't help but think it's not in Scripture. This is just me. I can't help but think that Jesus gets a little smile. I can't help but think Jesus is thinking, finally, I'm so tired of these object lessons. Finally, finally, Peter's getting it. Finally, they understand. Finally, they see who I am. Finally, finally, I'm so. I, I, I want. I, I, I want Jesus to slap Peter a high five. Thank you. Finally, you're getting it. Finally, you're getting it. And just when you think Peter's getting it, if you keep reading, Peter's not getting it. He needs a third touch and a fourth touch. If you keep reading, Jesus begins to teach him that the Son of Man must suffer. He's going to teach that in seven, I mean, in eight and nine and ten. And he's going to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. In three days, he's going to rise. he's going to be killed and he's going to rise. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And you know Jesus is thinking, yeah, you don't get it. I thought you had it. There's a brief moment. You saw me clearly for a brief moment, just like we do. Just like we do. But sometimes we get so zoomed in on our little selfie lives. And sometimes we get so zoomed in on it's all about us. And sometimes we get so zoomed in on why isn't God doing what I want God to do? If God does everything that you want Him to do, you're treating God like an idol, not like a God. Listen, folks, the good news today is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, period. It's not what He does, it's who He is. You need Him to be the Son of God. You don't need Him to answer every prayer the way you want Him to answer every prayer. Again, that would be idolatry. Here's the good news. Here's some good news. Sorry. There's going to be some things happen this week that don't turn out the way you want to have turn out. Jesus is still the Son of God. And that's the good news you need to remember. You may pray for a new job this week and not get it, but Jesus is still the Son of God. You may pray for a promotion this week and not get it, and Jesus is still the Son of God. You may pray for someone to be healed this week and they die, but Jesus is still the Son of God. It's not what He does. It's who He is that is good news. And who He is, is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and died on the cross. Now, that what He did is the big picture. We want God to do everything that we want God to do in our lives. God, I need you to make this relationship work out. Well, what happens if it doesn't? God, I need you to help me make it through this storm safe and sound. What if he doesn't? I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. God, I just got some news. I've got cancer. And what if you die of cancer? What if the bad news? What if the relationships? What if the financial problems? What if those don't turn out the way you prayed? Guess what? The good news Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if Jesus Christ is the Son of God, it's not what we get. It's what we give. And so as you go out this week and live this week, it's not what God can do for you. It's what can you give to God in the praise and everyday aspect of your lives. Love the Casting Crown song, I'll praise you in the storm. Well, i got storms every day and so do you. So is Jesus Christ, well, I don't know if He's God or not. He's not doing what I want Him to do. I don't know if Jesus Christ is God or not because... You know, I'm having a little trouble and I'm struggling and I've got some things going on and He's not answering my prayer. The good news is, He's the Son of God. And the big picture is, He came to die on the cross to take our place. And the big picture is, we are all sinners. and, And we didn't have time to delve into, guess what, we're all unclean. The Jews were unclean and the Gentiles were unclean and the Democrats are unclean and the Republicans are unclean and people from Oklahoma and Texas and you pick the state were all unclean. And if I don't know if you noticed, but as you go through here, all the people come to Jesus, beg and beg and beg and beg and beg and beg and beg. Maybe it's time we were reminded that we're unclean, sinful people and we need to beg Jesus. To be the Son of God in our lives. One of the strongest commandments in Scripture, I think. Is that God wants us to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Some people don't want to do that. Some people don't want to say that. Some people wrestle with that because Jesus doesn't respond the way they want Jesus to. I don't know if He's the Son of God or not. So one of the greatest examples of faith that you can have is in the midst of the storm and whether you get healed or not and whether God comes through for you or not is for you to continue to confess Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Folks, that's good news. And so this week when things aren't going well remind yourself Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And He's still on the throne. And He still reigns. And I'm glad He did what He did but it's who He is that changes my life in your life. That's the good news. So sometimes we need to zoom out. Sometimes we need to drop the selfie sticks. Sometimes we need to get out of our world. Sometimes, most of the time, all of the time, it's not about us. The good news is Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it doesn't matter when you come to church if we sing your songs or not. It doesn't matter when you come to church if he's tucked his shirt in or not. It doesn't matter when we come to church. We're so worried about doing things in the right order, right way, right everything. The big picture is, there's a bigger picture here. We're here to worship the Son of God. And some of that minutiae is minutia. It's not that important in the big picture. One day every knee will bow. And every knee's not going to bow to say, let me tell you all the things Jesus did. Every knee will bow to say who Jesus is. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if you've never made that confession, can I encourage you to do that today? can I encourage you to open your heart to Jesus Christ? I'm not saying everything's going to work out great. I'm not saying there's not going to be any storms. But I'm saying when you make Jesus Christ your Lord, your Savior, when you recognize Him as the Son of God, your life will change. And I believe your life will be better. And I believe you're on the road, you're on the journey to even more good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Would you make that confession today? The Beakley boys did that last night. Darren, any time a dad or anybody else says, it, it's, listen, it's nerve-wracking when you get up here and it's your own kids. And Darren's like, I, I, I don't know what to say. And I said, listen, it's not important what you say. It's important what's going on in their heart. But, Darren... You need to ask them if they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Because we're commanded to do that. And I don't know what else Darren said, but I know he asked his boys that. And I'm asking you that today. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If so, show Him that you believe that. Respond to Him that you believe that. Live like you believe that. If you need to respond to the invitation, the good news of Jesus Christ is the Son of God, please do so as we stand and sing.